Welcome back, beautiful humans. Today, I bring my little dude here on my episode, Mr. T, aka Tyson. He's being a little fussy. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to record an episode and talk off into the ether with my friends here and bring the little dude. So if you hear little sniffs and boogers, just like that he just did right there, he's snotting all over the place because that's what my boy does. We're here. We're living the dream. What's going on? Anywho. Welcome back again to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Nelson. Thank you for joining me. We're, I don't even know when this is being posted right now, but we've had some awesome episodes lately. And this one on my mind today, I'm titling this Distractions. Your insecurities are showing. Let's probably adjust my camera a little bit here. There we go. Now we can see it better. Got the mic in the way. Go figure. Distractions to get it started. I've got the pup here at the same time. Am I distracting myself? I don't know. Am I distracting you? I don't know. It's not my intention. Why has this come to mind? We, as I've been, as I've gone on my career in coaching in many aspects, whether it was somebody's relationship, when it was coaching in health, when it was coaching in business, anything. I, I see the three spaces as being basically the same thing, just the external variables are different. But we're really just playing with habits, i.e. setting up systems and processes that allow you to do your habits properly. But it stems from the mindset, how you are choosing to look at your world, how you are choosing to set up your world in regards to your values and your, your belief systems. It comes down to your, your mindset. Now, when we're doing this, and especially if we're going through times of change, often I find this is the moment where we feel the most insecure. We're here in looking to define what matters to us. We're looking to put our foot down and set up boundaries. And it's really difficult when we're defining ourselves and, and planting our flag and saying we're this, and this is where we're going. And this is the direction and let's buy into this vision and, and getting some momentum behind that. It's a very challenging time. There's often quite a bit of friction. And many times during these times of change, we, I have observed many people, myself included, I'm quite aware of having fallen victim to many of these things, probably why I can speak fairly openly about it, is that distractions come into play And unbeknownst to ourselves, we're using it as a shield to avoid doing the things and confronting the pains and feeling vulnerable or being in, feeling insecure around the direction we're going. Because maybe that direction we're going, we just it doesn't fit like a glove yet. We don't feel confident in our skin and where we're going. So often it resembles a very disorganized or distracted, um, even uh, 
may use the word superfluous. We, we bring in a lot of excess. We have a lot of extra things, a lot of fillers, things that are not really contributing to moving things forward. And oftentimes we frame the, the utilization of those things as we come up with excuses for as to why they're there. They're just buffers. Now, how have I seen this play out? I've, I'll bring it back to my coaching days and uh, the gym. So when I owned the gym, I had quite a few mentees under my wing. I uh, brought a few, quite a few coaches up the pipeline throughout the days. Um, and there's a couple moments that really stick out with coaching. So especially in a small group environment or just coaching in general, it's important to remember that in the coaching space, it's about, it's not about really telling people what to do. It's about holding a safe space so that people can explore and feel comfortable enough to explore, to challenge themselves to do things. So in the gym environment, it's especially in a group environment, it's more about setting the setting the place up in a way that people feel confident and assured enough that they can do the exercise, do the movement safely, not just like physically, but also safe from feeling embarrassed. So if they fall flat on their ass, are they worried that somebody's going to judge them? And this is very, very common. Most people are just worried about being judged by their peers. If somebody is more overweight and somebody else in the same environment is maybe a little more fit, maybe they're worried about that person perceiving them a certain way. So a lot of times the space is, it's important to, to set up a consistent structure around defining clear, concise communication patterns and making sure that all the signs and symbols of what's going on in that room are conducive towards, again, making people feel safe enough. Number one rule of coaching is do no harm. So hopefully that resonates for a lot of people. And something I would start to observe, it took a, a, a few years for me to actually fully have this click for me. Two big things that would drive me nuts. People don't know this about me. I really don't like loud music. I like, like mellow. And I could work out in silence. It's perfectly fine for me. A lot of people depend on like, I need this big booming music to motivate me to do all these things. It's like, mm. So music, let's talk about that. Distraction. Do you need an external variable to motivate you to do the thing that you need to do? Because every time you add one more thing to the process that you need to do, it makes it harder for you to complete that because it gives you one more th reason why you're not going to do the thing. So from that perspective, boom, that's something worth considering just in your own life, wherever you're at. But I'll take it from a coaching perspective. One of the things that would drive me nuts, especially if you're having to communicate the purpose of a workout, how to scale, how to modify, how to adapt things, is simply for people to be able to hear you. Now, whether it's a small group or a large group, all younger people, all older people, half the time people are just tired, exhausted, 
distracted from other things in their life. They have other stressors going on. They have other fears and apprehensions. Maybe they are actually hard of hearing. Maybe they actually have some, some difficulty with, with just hearing sounds. It's a bigger group. It depends on the room. Depends on how sound floats in a room. Depends on where they're located within the group. Depends on if the other chatter is going on. There's a lot of different variables that go into this space. So the very first thing that a coach that I would be mentoring and obsessing at a time, the first thing I would observe is, did you turn the damn music off? Really simple. Start there. A lot of people like to just still have this music on. What I would observe for somebody who's newer is they would keep the music on a little bit. Or they maybe even have it a little bit louder. They wouldn't know how to control a room. It was not so much that they didn't tactically understand how to control a room. They've watched me control a room plenty of times. So theoretically, they're saying. What I started to realize was it was the insecurity around being new. Feeling new in the experience of being the leader in the room. Oh, I am the authority. I am the voice. I am responsible not only for myself, but I am responsible for conveying a message so that not only one or two or three people in this room can feel safe, but that all people can be safe and all people in this environment can get what they need out of this workout today, not only just now, but then setting the tone for them to wanting to come back. Now, hopefully as I'm saying this, and if somebody's listening right now, understand like a lot of small minutia, very small details and subtleties around environment and communication patterns went into my personal thoughts around running a, a class before even it started, before it even started. That was a big thing for me. Turn the damn music off. Why? Because it's not about you feeling comfortable. It's about the clients feeling safe and comfortable. It's about them feeling safe enough to let their walls down understanding the information so that they know what to do because they're not feeling sure of themselves. They're coming to you as you're going to you, you're the professional. They're coming to you for that guidance to get a little more reassurance because it's not an area of expertise and they're coming to you to learn from your expertise. If they can't even receive the message because there is a barrier between you and them, and it's a sound barrier, Anybody who's gone through this pandemic, my wife's a teacher, having to talk through a mask at kids all day long is not easy. It's not a simple thing. There's one more barrier to success. You're missing out on facial expressions. You're missing out on uh, nonverbal cues. There's a lot of things that are being lost with a distraction. So that'd be part number one. Now, part number two was spacing. We had this auditory space between the coach and the environment, but physical space, the insecurity around bringing people closer to you, because the closer they are, the more clearly you can be heard. What if you stumble over your words? What if you mess up? Those are the questions that I started to consider for other people. And as they shared their growth experiences and something of that nature. So what I would observe is there was a massive distance, like people, they were afraid to bring people in closer, turn off the music and dealing with the silence. Most people, they can't sit silent with themselves, let alone with a group. 
So speaking from that place, hopefully somebody's been in a space or a time or an environment at some point in their life, they're starting to realize like, why are all these variables here? I start thinking about clubs, thinking about like going to a party. If you're really wanting to build a close, comfortable, powerful, deep, meaningful relationship, do you go to a bar that's just like pounding music and you can't hear anything and it's just raw all in your face? Or do you go to a calm, quiet environment at a dinner and you have a subtle, quiet, nuanced conversation with somebody over a longer period of time? Do you sit closer or farther away? It's little things of that nature that start to stick out. And this is things I'd observe. Again, watching coaches coach other people. You could always see when somebody started to feel more comfortable with a client or really what it came down to is comfortable in their own coaching abilities, the physical distance between them and we had a big space. Like we had 4,000 square feet in our just coaching space and we had small group classes and we didn't really and or private coaching sessions. That was a big space. We, at the end, really didn't need all that. That's neither here nor there. That was more of an ego play. So I'll deal with that another day. Um, ironically, a distraction in and of itself. But I would start to see people get closer and closer and closer. The same effect of feeling comfortable enough to use safe touch to help adjust somebody's position. If their knees are buckling in on a squat, how do you cue somebody? Well, people understand tactile cues much faster than usually verbal cues. So feeling comfortable enough to be in somebody's physical space, how do you set yourself up for that? You communicate, you have to know the appropriate words. You have to also show up. You don't want to be some smelly, gross person who didn't shower today, pouring sweat all over this other person. If you just came from your other workout, like that's not how you show up as a professional. You take a shower, you wear appropriate clothing, you have concise, clear words, hey, and you ask for consent, hey, cool, if I touch, you establish those certain relationships, whatever, obviously over time, like once it's understood, you guys have that relationship, that's a different story, but like, hey, cool, if I just like tap your knee right here, I'm going to tap the back just to like cue you a little bit. Little things like that, those are nuanced things that are signs of security and stability. The more variables you put between yourself and somebody else, yes, you're making it harder for them to see if you are insecure, but it's also putting you farther and farther away from being able to execute on the promise that you're, you're, you're making towards somebody. Now, how do we see this in other things? Let's really think of it from the, pers the perspective of putting space between ourselves and those we are looking to connect with. Tyson, you want to go down? Speaking of distractions. <laughs> it's like, Dad, I don't feel comfortable sitting all this way up high. I want to go sit on the ground. And now he's just looking at me. Whatever. In a relationship, we just talked about it. Going out for a date. So you're going off to a restaurant. If you're looking to build a meaningful relationship, there's no rush. Casual, calm environment, open, safe, comfortable. Think about the, the types of questions you ask. Are they surface level or are they more thought evoking? Are they more intrinsically based? 
I'm going to be that dude who quotes himself, but like <laughs> from Twitter or Instagram, I can't remember why I posted it, but I shared this thought maybe a year ago is that the greatest uh, sign of confidence is to ask a question. Because realistically, what you're saying by asking a question is that one, you don't know the answer to something and you're curious and you're willing to put yourself in a space of, I don't know, so that you may learn. You're removing the distraction. You're not putting a filler, a fluff, a whatever you, you're not putting your own like nonsense line of BS in between you and just asking the question, hey, I don't know. Mind sharing? I'd like to know this answer about you. Dealing with potential rejection, somebody saying no, whatever. What about in business? Are you just putting a lot of nonsense on your books and just built dealing with overwhelm? Are half the things in your day even that meaningful? A lot of times I hear this demonstrated in, I've, I gotta, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta da, da, da. You don't have to do anything. You chose to put those things on your schedule. And oftentimes when people are dealing with a lot of overwhelm, perhaps there's some guilt. Perhaps there's some shame. Perhaps there's, perhaps there's not a lot of clarity around what you actually want. Are you willing to do something different? Because a lot of people have gotten used to you doing some things a certain way. What if you pivot? What if you say you value your time the most and you're going to start making it so that you prioritize that time, not filling it with something new? This happens a lot, especially in our Western culture of like, I, I have to grind my face off to feel successful. My worth is in my ability to pro be productive. Productive towards what? Maybe you don't work as well in a certain methodology as somebody else. For me, this is something I struggle with deeply. I would feel really guilty acknowledging the fact that I need a lot of time by myself to just think about things. So what I would do off the time was just fill my day with nonsense. I would let meetings stretch for ungodly amounts of time, as opposed to just getting to the point. I would just engage just a bunch of extra fluff because I was just insecure with sitting with myself and dealing with that with the guilt of, no, I just needed the time to just let my thoughts wander or maybe just have a little bit of fun or have some joy, actual joy for no other purpose than it, this is what it's for. Knowing full well, when I have that framework set up, I also do much better work. I'm far more present when I show up. I'm willing to ask harder questions. I create a safer space for those I serve. But it's being willing to not fill the rest of my day with those other distractions. Pretty big. Uh, I see this very commonly with, with a lot of entrepreneurs, people that are leaders, people oftentimes like sales-based, commission-based. Your, your value is tied towards being able to lead organizations and sell and things like that. A lot of that eat what you kill kind of mentality. 
and don't get me wrong, there's time and place in your life where you have to just do some grunt work. It is what it is. But over time, as you start to develop some sense of consistency, you start to ask yourself about sustainability. And that's the time to pivot. Can you keep going at the rate that you're going? Usually the answer is no. Same reason why in the crash diet culture, it doesn't work out. Most people, like I just said before, I need to have my perfect soundtrack. I need to have the perfect exercise equipment. I need to have the, uh, you know, the perfect weights on the bar, whatever it is, as opposed to like, I'm just going to go for a walk every single day. Cause that's not something I've done consistently at all, ever. I had a friend that I had a chat with whenever this is probably, we'll say start of the new year, maybe end of the, no, I was during my seven day fast. So this is closing out the closing out 2021. He had a couple of questions about training stuff. And I was like, how's things going with it? He's like, it's going really well, but I'm not at my goal. You sure? I think you've just been doing the same thing for six months and it's actually working. It's the first time in your life you've ever been consistent for six months on training ever. And you're not going as fast towards your goal, but you're still enjoying it. You're not having physical setbacks. You're able to do it every single day. You're still noticing small, steady progress over and over and over again. I started listening to the distractions. The other distractions are all the other voices of all these other trainers. He said it was in his gym and this and that. It's like, bro, what you're doing is working. Adding a lot more nonsense to your day and your life and your training regimen you can go make the perfect macros or the whatever, quote unquote, clean, whatever the hell that means, um, which that's nonsense, just so anybody knows. Um, clean is an idea <laughs> based on your philosophies around food and what actually works for you. It'd be super clean or super rigid, super paleo or whatever. Perfect macros. But those things, realistically, it's those rigid, rigid lines usually don't work out. And I'm saying it from the perspective of like, that's excess. Those are distractions. You're caring so much about the minutia of extra things that by and large probably does not matter. Big picture to what you actually say that you want. That's why people do these crash diets. They put all this extra stuff all at once all on their plate, pun intended, right now. Here's the 20 different exercises they need to do every single day, and here's the perfect nutritional layout that they have to do every single day, yet they haven't proven to be consistent with one single thing. And let's call it this. Let's go back to that space thing. They haven't been consistently getting close to themselves, to being stable within themselves and asking themselves, who am I? What do I want? Where do I start? And it might just be, and I'm using fitness as an example, it might just be going for a walk. It might just be sitting naked with yourself every Sunday and talking nicer to yourself. Most people don't know, but that's how this whole damn thing started. Me, naked Sunday, sitting by myself and confronting the fact 
that no matter how hard I tried, crazy regimens and all, and yes, I looked great naked at plenty of times, but I was not happy with myself. It was never good enough. Always had to do more, 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 more. And I wasn't really nice to myself. I would add a bunch of other bullshit into my life. Often, ironically, ended up being self-sabotaging behaviors. And I, looking back, is very obvious. Very obvious I was doing it. It's like, just shoot yourself in the foot. So there's a reason why it was okay you failed. Fine. As opposed to when I finally started there and just took a little longer with like, how am I talking to myself? Is this how I think about myself? Is this my mindset around who I am as a human being? And I had this pause, literally sitting there butt naked. The clothes were a distraction. Guess what that was covering me from? Confronting the person in the mirror. Seeing, oh shit, yeah, I put on all this weight. I'm not happy with how I feel in myself. I'm a far cry from what I know I'm capable of being. But the way I was living my life beforehand is also not what I want. So I'm not willing to do what I did before to get those results. How do I need to do this differently? So again, talking about space with myself, off came the clothes by distraction. And then came the thoughts. It was about everything. Thoughts about money, thoughts about love, thoughts about health, sex, everything. Self-worth. I would just look at myself and be like, I'm not happy with this, but and I'd look over at my wife. She'd be there and just, like, I'd just look at her. She'd be doing work or something. And I was like, but I have this amazing person in my life and she seems to like me. She seems to love me. She seems to care about me. Like I still have value. Huh? You know what? I also have some really great friends in my life. They don't care. They want me to be healthy. Don't get me wrong. And they know I've got to deal with knee and back stuff and Suggestion, whatever. I'm just not doing responsible things for my body. Full well knowing exactly what to do and having coached people on it. I felt like a hypocrite. Welcome back insecurities. They were showing. Reflecting on that, just getting closer to myself. Again, remove the distraction. Get closer to the target. Sit in that uncomfortable space and see what comes up. And I'm telling you, the process was a lot slower of losing weight and what I lose. I came back from my honeymoon. I was at 210. I ended up getting down to about 161. So realistically, I was actually closer to like 50 pounds. Now that I look back on it, at the time I only really grappled with like, or from the numbers I started calculating certain things was like 30, 35, 40 pounds, somewhere in there. doesn't matter. Um, it was really asking myself, like, well, if I'm going to go on this journey, how am I going to respect myself every step? I'm going to start with one thing and be okay with that. I'm going to get really consistent with just that. Was it perfect? No. Was it more consistent? Yes. Was I bent out of shape all the time? Did it put excess stress on other things in my life that I couldn't deal with? No, it didn't. 
I think of the same things in my own relationship. Think about just going on a date with my wife, maybe starting there, as opposed to thinking about making a massive, lavish trip somewhere to feel like I'm going to fill in all the blanks and we're going to have this one big thing and everything's going to be okay. Nope. Distractions. What if instead we just had a meaningful conversation about where we want life to go, what we're afraid of, what we're scared of, what support we need. What about in business? Just sitting there. What is this for? Who am I serving? How many people do I want to work with? What is my value? What extra stuff do I want? Do I want to have a big, massive organization and lots of staff? Is that going to float my ego or is that more of a distraction? Would it stop me from doing what I want? Who do I want to work with? Do I want to work with thousands of people that get pulled in a thousand directions or do I want to work with a few people who are really serious about taking control of their life and freeing themselves? Yes, investing differently. But I know in my mind, as I wrapped around, it's like, oh, but the, 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 there's a trickle-down effect because those people are going to also have deeper impact. And these are the questions that I would concern myself with. And the same thing I hope that as I'm posing these out here right now, you start considering for yourself. These were very difficult questions for me to confront. They still at times are difficult for me to confront. It doesn't go away, especially when you look to level up in your life, whatever that means. Perhaps when you're at an inflection point, there's change, you're looking to grow, there's an opportunity that you're looking, looking to take on. Maybe you're looking to develop a new relationship. Maybe you're looking to expand your business. Maybe you're looking to tighten up your business. Maybe you're looking to create greater value. Maybe you're looking to get healthier. It's a new. You're not as successful as you just once thought you were. Because now there's more that you say you want. More is an idea. Better, perhaps, is a better term. And better is relative to what you consider better is, not somebody else's. That's worth considering. You got to be happy with the end result, not somebody else's opinion of what's right and wrong, should, shouldn't, good, bad, whatever the hell that means. It's just somebody's opinion. You probably got your parents or your friends or your society's voice just chewing at your ear. This is what you should be doing. Those are all distractions. Feeling overwhelmed? I mean, all you do all day long is dive your head into whatever highly biased news feed you have, whatever side you're on, doesn't matter to me. usually just spewing anger, fear, hate down your gullet and saying, digest this. Well, guess what you have to do before you even get focused on doing anything else in your day. You got to grapple with that fear and that anxiety. Put that to bed first, then go do your work. That's a lot of work before you even do anything productive. What if we don't put those distractions in there in the first place? How much more energy how much less overwhelm would you feel on your day-to-day? -day? Now, same token, don't do that all at once because you don't know which ones are the deepest influence or not. But maybe you start with one distraction. 
Maybe if you're a coach in a gym, maybe you start to turn, on the, talk, turn off the music and bring people in closer to start. Maybe you just start there, see how that goes. And just deal with it. It's going to be new for some people. Some people are going to like it. Some people don't. But that's just because they got used to the thing in the first place. If you truly are endeavoring to take care of people, it'll be fine. Same thing with business. What if you're pivoting in your process? What if you're changing things? What if you're simplifying things? Change one thing. Communicate it with your client. Ironically enough, like I've seen this play out quite a bit lately, where uh, whether I'll cancel a session or can't, I have to like reschedule something, people will just be like grateful. Like, oh, you know what? I had a lot on my plate. This actually makes it a lot easier. Thank you. Canceling a session or rescheduling something all of a sudden like freed up mental and emotional real estate in somebody's life. This could go for un, unresolved conversations. Maybe there's some conflict in your life, whether the other side's aware of it or not. Maybe there's just some, un, some, some floating indecision you still have to grapple with. It could be something really minute. Maybe it's just paying a bill that you've been waiting on. It's just a distraction. So either handle that distraction or deal with it and remove it altogether. Or just sit in that overwhelm. Because the more of these extra variables you have in play, again, is putting you farther and farther and farther away from the information or the action you need to create success in your life. And from somebody who's observing you, or perhaps you're asking to follow you, these are subtle cues of you're not secure in your position, you don't make me feel safe or confident in you. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to move forward with you. Not the level you're hoping to have that outcome. And again, I hope it's understood. Like These are all things I grapple with personally. I've done all of these things. I've failed at all of these things. Numerous times over, I've tended to be a very stubborn human being in my life. I do my best to put myself around wiser people, people who've been through some things, but shit, sometimes I had to just learn the hard way numerous times over. More often than not, it comes down to what do I need to take away? Not what more do I need to add? What do I need to take away? What do I need to simplify? So that my attention and their attention, whoever they are, can be focused, can be clear, can be connected, can be close. And we find that the problem gets resolved usually pretty quickly once we've done that, or at least it's made a lot easier. And especially from a, what I talked about with a habit-based type of thing, it's going to come down to what can like, we'll just call it building a business or building a relationship or looking better naked. It's all just a consequence of repeated habits. You don't get 
six pack abs from eating one salad overnight. It just doesn't happen that way. You don't build a million dollar, multi-million dollar, six figure. It doesn't matter what's figure business overnight, let alone sustain it. You don't build real deep, meaningful love overnight. You build it in those repeated habits, concerted focus efforts, making that the priority, giving it the energy it deserves. I heard the quote, where the energy goes, the success grows. Imagine that. With those distractions in place, the energy can't go where it needs to go. So my hope is in that sharing this today, you can start to become aware of your own tendencies because we all do it. I have yet to meet a person who doesn't, and especially listening to people that I've deemed more successful in certain areas in their life than I am, people that I admire who've done things where I'm hoping to go, hearing them grapple with the same thing. I've yet to hear other people not deal with it. What I keep realizing in life, and it just comes back to your mindset, and how do you clear the deck so that you can be honest with yourself? Being honest with yourself is just asking questions that, again, calibrate your mindset towards what you say you care about. It's not easy. And usually our decisions to go down certain paths that are not in alignment with what we actually care about is because we let other distractions, other voices, other implications get in the way. If we didn't set the table enough, clear the deck enough to be able to really be honest. And from firsthand experience, it's kind of annoying and painful. Sometimes it's even embarrassing to have to walk it back to fix things up. Say, oh, I was wrong. I got to walk that one back because you just didn't take a little bit more time to clear the deck and remove the distractions and be honest with yourself. Might as well just do it right the first time. Take a little bit longer to get super clear about it. I don't know where it comes from, but perhaps it's just in being in a rush to feel successful. And perhaps that's in an effort to just keep up with keeping up with the Joneses, that kind of idea. Getting social credit, being approved of by plenty of other people. But what if you just started with approving of yourself? And again, let it be known. This comes from firsthand experience. Still struggle with it. Something I ask myself all the time, who am I? I'm just a human. And perhaps just these are my efforts in being vulnerable so that you know you're not as alone. Perhaps we can go on this journey together. Maybe I'm a step ahead. Maybe I'm a step behind. I don't know. I'll share the space with you. We'll go on a journey together. We'll share the love.
but from a practical standpoint, think about how you're doing this. How are you showing up in your workspace? Like I'll just use perfect examples for me. It's like when I have an appointment for a Zoom call or something of that nature, everything else is out of the way. Super focused. Everything else in my world fades to black. I don't know why I've always been able to do this, but I can just be 100% focused on the person in front of me if they have a problem. But to facilitate that and ensure that that happens, whether it's closing the door on the office when I would have private meetings or turning off the music, cutting off all the other distractions in other rooms, just making sure I'm in a quiet space, doing my best to make sure an internet connection is clear. It's little things like that. And we don't notice how much of a problem they are until like you're on that Zoom meeting and it all just gets a little like glitchy. That's a distraction. Is it an impedance in between you getting your meeting done and accomplished and communicating? Yes, it is. That's it. That's the static. That's the static. So when you're starting considering like, how are you showing up to things consistently? What are your systems that you are putting in place to make sure that you don't have distractions? So anybody knows I spent a sizable amount of money on things like stylists and haircuts and presentation stuff because I wanna show up clean, prepared, hygienic. I don't want somebody to be worrying that like, this guy did not show up having given a shit about getting the, like them getting the best version of me today. You were important. Much like I think about going on a date with my wife, I dress up, take care of myself. I want her to get the best version of me. And it's not so much about the external representation of just like, oh, he looks this way. It's more to do that consistently. It means that you took some time to think about how you were going to be there in that space together. Long have I said that I think ballroom dancing is a perfect first date. I happen to have taken somebody on a first date for that. The reason why I think it's a great first date is it shows you a lot. You find out, did that person brush their damn teeth? How do we interact in each other's space? How can we follow? Can we lead any of those, those things? How comfortable we feel in our space? Did you dress up? Or do you just like walk out of the house in your jammies? And it's not to say everything has to be perfectly primp and proper. It's more the effort. It's the consistent effort around putting your best foot forward. You don't need to have a Lamborghini or some like high-end car or take somebody to some five-star restaurant or three-star, three Michelin-star restaurant. That's the, that's the rating, but whatever. Like you don't, it's not about how lavish the experience is or how lavish the exterior presentation is. It's more about the idea behind preparing for it to remove other variables in the way of having a direct conversation or direct communication to getting closer, to getting closer towards the goal. Does that tend to end up starting to look like what we would say the more extrinsic versions of success look like? Sure. It's clear skin, six pack abs, whatever. Bigger bank accounts, yes. Because when you start from that in, intrinsic growth place like that, all those external variables start to line up better. 
don't get me wrong and do not confuse it. There's plenty of people who use flashy, we'll call it classic salesy kind of gimmicky tactics and, and flex culture. That's also distractions. So it's also worth understanding like internally there's, there might be some garbage going on there. Money's not a bad thing. Having nice things is not a bad thing. It's how you use all the things. Those are just tools. I'm asking you to really consider how are you using the tools you're having? And how many of those tools do you want to have? Because they all need maintenance. It's little things around that. But again, this conversation comes back down to a reflection on distractions. How much excess are you putting in your life? What are the processes you're putting in place and habits you're putting in place to make sure that you're showing up consistently without the distractions? And what are you actually going towards? And whether you want to know it or not, other people are paying attention. The people you want to connect with, the people you say you care about connecting with, they're paying attention. They might not consciously know it, or maybe they do. But some people will unconsciously know hmm, something's off. I'm not really ready to take the next step forward. Some people will consciously know that and they will be very direct about not moving forward. But either way, it's still worth it for you to look inward because at the end of the day, you're governing yourself. You are responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your feelings. That's on you. Take ownership of that. It's a really empowered place to be. Terrifying. Scary. Frustrating. All those things. But empowering and liberating. Once you realize that you can overcome those things and you put behaviors and patterns in place that allow you to grapple with those things and not even get, grapple with it, but like overcome them and regulate them and understand them in as real time as possible. It's really gratifying. So my hope to close this thing out, because I don't even know how long I've been going right now. It's been pushed record. I look over at my pup, bringing it full circle. See, he's not distracted. He's just ready to go to take a nap now. My hope from all this is that you can take a moment to just look inward. Take a look at the person in the mirror. Figuratively and or literally. With whatever you're struggling with. Whether it's your health, your relationships, your business and wealth practices, whatever it is. Where is there too much? Where are you putting in extra that you don't need? And why are you putting it there? What do you feel insecure about? What do you feel insecure about saying, asking, being? How do you think you're going to become more comfortable in your own skin around that thing? Just some food for thought. Those are all the thoughts in my head today. I hope that you found some value in this. If this is something you'd like to explore further, hopefully you know at this point, hey, this is what I do for a living. I coach people on this stuff. We are gonna get squarely in, into those thoughts. We're gonna just sit here. And you already heard how I, do, like, how I approach 
coaching, whatever you want to call it. Helping. Helping is probably a better word. Coaching, relationship, whatever people want to call it. I think some people don't even know what coaching really is. Helping is not much different than what this podcast is. My hope is that if you're listening to this right now, which I is a redundant question because you'd have to be listening to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> that is just a conversation between two friends. A friend who actually gives a shit about you, who wants to create some space for you. It's also going to ask the hard questions because coaching is really more about holding up the mirror so that you can see what you need to. But it's holding, creating a space that's safe enough where you can explore that. And once you feel safe enough to explore that, Start to ask yourself, oh, well, what else can I do? That, my friends, that's a beautiful moment. That's one of my favorite moments. There's a little glimmer in somebody's eye. There's that aha moment. And then you start to open your mind towards possibility. As they say, free your mind and the rest will follow. To that effect, my friends, I'm going to be signing off now. So if you need more help and more support, all you got to do is ask, reach out. What can you go to? Uh, NakedSunday.coach. That'd be the place to go. But until next time, my friends, I'm reminding you, love every body. <laughs>